It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Arctic blast sending central U.S. into a deep freeze. AccuWeather meteorologists say the expansive blast of cold air could leave more than 90% of the country with below average temperatures this weekend. Just in time for the wrap-up of the COP27 Global Climate Conference. What an incredible coincidence, or not. Climate engineering demonstrations of completely engineered surface cooldowns in both hemispheres, the U.S. and Australia just in time for the wrap-up of COP27, the International Climate Conference. Matrix-serving mainstream media and the so-called scientists that serve them currently say it isn't so. They say climate engineering isn't real and winter weather can't be engineered. Really. Consider the following former mainstream article headlines. November 10th, 2009 from ABC News. Artificial snowstorm brings chaos to Beijing. From that report, Chinese scientists have artificially induced the second major snowstorm to wreak havoc in Beijing this season, reigniting debate over the practice of tinkering with Mother Nature. Next headline, same theme from Popular Science Magazine, November 12, 2009. China's weather manipulation brings crippling snowstorm to Beijing. From that report, While the storm came as a surprise to residents, the government knew about it all along. In fact, the report states the government caused it. Engineered winter weather. Even earlier in 2009, February 18th, from Reuters.com, China's artificially induced snow closes 12 highways. From that report, China closed 12 highways around the capital of Beijing because of heavy snow brought on after seeding clouds with chemicals, state media said. Seeding clouds with chemicals, chemical ice nucleation for weather modification, patented processes, engineering winter, much like you see in a ski slope that has snow on the slope but nothing on the surrounding mountain, done to cloud moisture. Why is this so hard for so many to get their arms around? And even now, All official sources, the so-called scientists they control, and the mainstream media that serves them both, tell us that it isn't happening because it can't be done. The controllers expect us to believe that even though the Chinese have been and are routinely engineering winter weather events, that the U.S. military, which is bigger than the next 10 biggest militaries combined, wouldn't engage in climate engineering operations without the public's permission. Question Does anyone actually believe that? Did the U.S. military ask our permission to detonate or to participate in the detonation of 2,400 nuclear bombs or a thousand other crimes, burn pits, poison water on bases, biological testing on our own troops, indeed on our own civilians? According to the Washington Post, as of 1977, there had already been 239 open-air biological tests conducted on innocent U.S. populations without their knowledge or their consent. Business as usual. Are the militaries of other countries any less tyrannical? No. All the same. Just smaller. And ultimately, all of them responding to the same controllers. The money printers. 
What happens when a single species becomes completely dominant on a planet that was once thriving with almost countless diverse life forms? What happens when that single species increasingly annihilates other life forms in order to sustain itself, in order to sustain a seemingly insatiable lust for material wealth and completely unrestrained proliferation and power? What happens when the formerly diverse and thriving web of life completely collapses? Can the single dominant and all-consuming species still expect to survive? The answer to that question is not difficult to determine. The longer the current paradigm is extended by consuming what's yet left of nature, of our remaining functional habitat, the more abrupt and catastrophic collapse will be. The further the branch is bent, the more violent the inevitable break. The longer the climate intervention operations are allowed to continue, the more furious and destructive the climate collapse blowback will be. Once this insane interference in our natural processes is brought to a halt and it will stop one way or another. Doubling down on technology as a way to save ourselves from ourselves. Total insanity. How's that going so far? As the totality of what's unfolding becomes increasingly clear to formerly asleep at the wheel populations, the global controllers will become more desperate and dangerous than ever. They already are. They're out of options. For a decade and a half, Geoengineering Watch has warned that this time would come. We warned of false flag events, global conflict, pathogen release. Are such events unfolding now? I'll let the listener decide. Normalcy bias must be shattered. Elections are a distraction. Holidays, a useful distraction for those in power. Collapse is imminent. This conclusion is statistically inarguable. Here's the short list. Crop production is collapsing. Insect populations collapsing. Plankton populations collapsing. Wildlife populations collapsing. Ozone layer collapsing. Atmospheric oxygen content plummeting. Literally the entire planet polluted. 440 nuclear power plants certain to melt down after collapse. And then, as already mentioned, the nuclear war nightmare. And there's more, but you get the idea. The human race has painted itself into an unimaginably dark corner. Is there any chance of altering the outcome of the current trajectory? That depends on us. What we do with the time we have left, or don't do. Stay tuned, and we'll finish this line of thought. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast. Commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, first, from TheEconomist.com, the science and technology section, titled, Rogue Engineering, America's Defense Department is Looking for Rogue Geoengineers. From that report, what if a country experiencing the bad effects of climate change, or climate collapse in this case, a.k.a. crop failures, perhaps, or serious flooding or drought. What if that country were to begin unilaterally and perhaps quietly to try to modify the climate? As if they haven't been for 75 years already. But the Economist.com report then asks, Such a project, says DARPA, and DARPA is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. That's a research arm of America's Defense Department. What if a project like geoengineering, is possible, they ask. But they say it could trigger chaos, and not just of the meteorological sort. The agency, DARPA, 
the overall objectives of which include preventing strategic surprise, end quote, has therefore recently begun to pay for research into how such an event might happen and how to react to it. DARPA's assumption is that any attempt to unilaterally geoengineer would use a technique called stratospheric aerosol injection, SAI. What's that mean? It means jet aircraft spraying particles into the sky. Sound familiar? This report then states that this would employ aircraft to disperse sulfuric acid. We know there's other materials, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, or its precursor, sulfur dioxide, again, smoke and mirrors here, into the upper atmosphere to form tiny sulfate particles that would reflect sunlight back into space. After 75 years of SRM operations, solar radiation management, how's that going so far? As we hurl toward near-term planetary omnicide, this science and technology report then states a poorly designed SAI program might break down ozone, a form of oxygen that shields organisms, people included, from harmful ultraviolet radiation. They then say patterns of precipitation would also change. Does that sound incredibly familiar? For the record, what was just described is reality now. And the so-called science community continues to pretend that these near-term existential threats could, may, might happen someday. For the record, someday has already come and gone, and now we're hurling to the bottom of the canyon. What is the world's most recognized climate engineer, Dr. David Keith, said on the record about dumping millions of tons of aluminum into skies all over the world. Listen for yourself. And this footnote, though some of our online listeners may have heard this very damning audio in the past, most of our radio listeners haven't. Here it is. A little picture is from a nanofabrication study, which shows you can make very high quality and do this in just a jet in a very simple way, make high quality aluminum particles just by spraying aluminum vapor out, which oxidizes. So it's certainly in principle possible to do that. There's a big literature that's already looked at that. And you could do that by either building new versions of these aircraft or even re-engineering existing aircraft. So there's some ideas about that. If you go to an engineering firm and you want this done, they don't say this is hard or unusual. They say, okay, yes, we could do it. Aerosol geoengineering looks like it is so cheap that the cost is basically not going to be an issue. That means that implementation decisions will be risk-to-risk -risk decisions. The risk of doing it against the risk of not doing it. And it makes the problem of how we govern it fundamentally harder and different than normal. So I've told you this, cheap to deliver materials and stratosphere, and I'm convinced that's true. I don't think that will change. But I think the more we do research, the less easy this will look, the more complicated the environmental effects will look. And that's a good thing, because right now it looks too easy. So I think that if we do more research, we're likely to find out that it's harder and more complicated than we thought, and that the side effects are harder to manage. And that's a healthy outcome that will make it easier to do the management. Of course, the opposite reaction is possible. It's an empirical question how people will actually react to knowledge about this. Another reaction is to say, if these crazy scientists are so concerned about putting CO2 in the atmosphere, they want to think about these things, and that might actually mean we should be more serious about the risk of CO2 in the atmosphere. And by the way, it's not really a moral hazard. It's more like free riding on our grandkids. And by the way, it's not really a moral hazard. It's more like free riding on our grandkids. Dr. Keith's last statement was repeated on the audio so that it would be heard. In his own words, that spraying tens of billions of tons of aluminum into the atmosphere is, quote, not really a moral hazard. He said it's like free riding on our grandkids, which, like the rest of us, won't be around for much longer if we remain in the current course. Dr. Keith made this statement at an international geoengineering conference. 
I was in attendance. The next short segment of audio is my voice asking Dr. Keith if any toxicological studies had been done regarding his proposal of dumping tens of millions of tons of aluminum into the atmosphere annually. named submicron-sized particulates as being particularly harmful for human respiration. Through all the discussions today, uh, I have not heard any mention of this fallout, and has, has this been studied, and also the effects of a highly reactive metal like aluminum on toxifying soils and waters? The question is, what would be the effects of these materials on human health if they came down into the stratosphere? In, uh, in particular, uh, small particles and aluminum. So, so the, the collaborators of mine working on the aerosol scheme are actually folks from Carnegie Mellon who focused on human health impacts. And while we haven't published it, that was the very first thing we did, was do the order of magnitude calculation in the federal pencil paper, but with an expert on human health impacts about whether there could be an issue. And, and for aluminum or other particles, there are a lot of toxicological things that need to get looked at seriously. But if you're just thinking about the sheer number of particles and the hu- human, human health impact of small particles, the answer is, well, we haven't published it. That was the first thing we looked at with some of the leading experts who do uh, epidemiological research on human health impacts, and it's not even close to the issue. Summary. What Dr. Keith just said was that his scientist collaborator friends examined the question of dumping tens of millions of tons of nanoparticles into the atmosphere. Their answer, paraphrased, is this, that there is so much pollution up there already, a few tens of millions of tons more is, quote, not even close to being an issue. My follow-up question for Dr. Keith is next, and listen to his answer, which is the most damning of all. 10 megatons of aluminum dumped into the, the uh, atmosphere would have no human health impacts. So, so let me be more careful here. We're to separate out the toxicological. So the alumina, we've only begun to research and publish nothing. The alumina, we've only begun to research and publish nothing. done anything serious on Illumina, and so there could be something terrible that we'll find tomorrow we haven't looked at. Again, my question to Dr. Keith. Had his group specifically addressed the toxicological effects of dumping tens of millions of tons of aluminum into the atmosphere? His answer, no. In fact, specifically what he said was this, we haven't done anything serious on alumina, and there could be something terrible that we would find tomorrow that we haven't looked at. What could he not have looked at? It is not disputed in the science community that bioavailable aluminum is toxic to all life forms. How could these so-called scientists not know that or pretend not to know that? And also for those in the so-called science community that try to claim we should expect to see aluminum everywhere because it's so abundant in Earth's strata. For the record, again, aluminum does not exist naturally in the environment in free form. If it's in free form, it must be mined and refined and dispersed, and that's what we're talking about. That makes aluminum bioavailable, which is incredibly detrimental to all life forms. Dr. Keith certainly serves the matrix. Question how many others that we know, all of us, are directly or indirectly doing the same, serving the matrix. So many have been trained and programmed to believe that safety and security exist in serving, a.k.a. working for, big corporations, big government, or the military. Just do your job and collect your check. And the vast majority choose to believe that this is okay. But is it? 
If any form of employment serves total tyranny that poses existential threats to all of us, again, I ask, is it okay to serve that tyranny in exchange for a paycheck and a pension? You decide. On the subject of matrix desperation, a reminder of this 2019 report from science.org titled Alleged Geoengineering Conspiracies. From that science.org report, quote, chemtrails activists have hijacked the scientific terms geoengineering and climate engineering in order to distort public discourse, they say, and to challenge scientific authority. They then say some of the people creating these videos explicitly ask their followers to use the, quote, geoengineering term and not the chemtrails term. I wonder who they're referring to in the science.org magazine. They say this is to distribute these videos because that would lead people to the explanation that it is actually an anti-scientific conspiracy theory. Does that make sense? They then say this is not only happening on YouTube, but also on various other social media channels. And many people seemingly are already believing in the quote, Kim Trails conspiracy. They continue, in order to reach as many people as possible, quote, Kim Trails conspiracy activists are also recruiting celebrities who have huge amounts of followers on social media to impress. The Science.org report then says, Kim Trails activists are not only mimicking professional news programs and documentaries, but they are also using popular culture formats such as music videos to address the public about the alleged geoengineering conspiracy. They then say, academic publishing is another area of activity that Kim Trails activists use. They are using open access publishing options to make the quote, Kim Trails conspiracy theory appear scientifically credible. Let's stand back and think about this. They're clearly angry that we are playing chess correctly and not falling for their instant marginalization term of, quote, chemtrails, which there is no scientific basis to. It's okay in private conversations, not arguing that. But we are playing the grandest game of chess. We must play effectively and efficiently, and we need to use the climate science terms so that this issue cannot be marginalized. And think how incredibly insane it is that everything the so-called climate science community is describing that we must do in our skies, everything that Dr. Keith describes, jets spraying aerosols in disguise to block the sun, And we're told that we're not seeing what we're seeing and that we're just, quote, conspiracy theorists. And the whole of the so-called academic community continues to conform to the official denial in exchange for their paychecks and pensions. Apparently, they're going to do this until the brutal bitter end, which now draws very near. Yes, the power structures aren't happy about us using the science terms to raise awareness of the ongoing climate engineering insanity in our skies. Question, what sort of individual would author this kind of desperate disinformation? And again, how many in the so-called climate science community pretend to believe it? Moving on from Scripps Institute of Oceanography, atmospheric oxygen levels are dropping. They are plummeting. Why? Because our forests are dying by the day. Single greatest causal factor of forest die-off. Climate engineering operations. Destroying the ozone layer. Frying the trees from the top down. Toxifying soils and waters. Killing soil microbiome. Affecting root systems. Killing the trees from the bottom up. Cutting off precipitation to huge swaths of forest. Because wildfires serve the geoengineering agenda. Search that title. Geoengineeringwatch.org. Wildfires serve geoengineering agenda. Plankton. Also being wiped out by climate engineering operations, plankton, the biggest source of oxygen production on the planet, 
next to trees, which are second. Plankton being wiped out again by the intense UV radiation because the ozone layer is being wiped out. Single greatest source of ozone layer destruction, climate engineering operations. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. If it seems like it's getting a bit harder to breathe, it's not just all those particulates in the air that you're sucking up with every breath. Do the flashlight test at night and find out just how much you're breathing. Again, dark night, hazy skies after aerosol spraying, aim a bright light straight up, look up through that beam. You won't believe what you see. It looks like a blizzard. And we're sucking that up with every breath we take. And oxygen levels are dropping rapidly. The Earth's life support systems are failing from every direction. Again, the walls are closing in. I want to address a term for a moment called bright sighting. And it relates to or applies to all the environmental articles that show us a bit of the disintegrating environments around us. But then they always end inevitably with some sort of narrative that tells us just by a few solar panels, an electric vehicle, and everything will be fine. We'll all live happily ever after. And that is complete nonsense. Too many are buying into that. View Planet of the Humans. Again, search it online and view it. And find out what an immense lie the so-called renewable energy industry is. Yes, solar panels are better than straight-up burning of carbon fuel. But they are not going to save us. Eight billion humans this week. We passed that milestone. Global population hits 8 billion as growth poses more challenges for the planet. That headline was from many sources. Poses, quote, challenges for the planet? What a massive understatement that is. Reality is far more grave, and those in power are acutely aware of this fact. The controllers know full well that the paradigm that they have been the most responsible for creating is crumbling by the day. They know that the planet's failing life support systems can no longer support the weight of the human race. Power structures are now more desperate and dangerous than ever. Question, will the controllers play their final cards soon? Consider this headline report on this theme from asiamarkets.com. U.S. nuclear submarine dubbed, quote, rider of the apocalypse, end quote, enters the Mediterranean. From that report, the world's largest nuclear submarine, the USS Rhode Island, has entered the Mediterranean Sea amid a high-stakes race between the United States and Russia for strategic submarine positioning. The report then says, The massive submarine is capable of carrying 24 intercontinental ballistic missiles, which can engage targets up to 18,000 kilometers away. The submarine can carry up to 200 nuclear warheads. The report then says, These submarines are flexible and survivable. That's a quote from the Navy, with the ability to patrol continuously as highly effective elements of the U.S. nuclear deterrence force. U.S. Navy, quote, flexible and survivable nuclear submarines, only one of which can literally end life on Earth. But it seems in the eyes of the U.S. Navy, it's all fine because the sailors on the subs would survive, at least for a while, after the apocalypse. Total insanity. We live in an asylum. Even a small nuclear exchange would destroy what's left of the ozone layer. Game over. And there are currently some U.S. elected officials that have suggested that a nuclear exchange might be a good thing to provide temporary cooling of the planet. Again, all total insanity. And if you think the Navy cares about life on Earth, think again. As I've covered in numerous previous broadcasts, the U.S. Navy is killing off hundreds of of thousands to millions of marine mammals 
for only their war games. How bad would an actual battle be? Not hard to guess that answer. The criminally insane controllers seem to relish in the names they apply to their weapons of mass death and destruction. The rider of apocalypse submarine. Governments and militaries are being directed by the criminally insane. Climate engineering operations are in exactly the same category as this submarine. And what elements might they be used to disperse at any point of time of the controller's choosing? Something much more lethal. More on the theme of the criminally insane from Bloomberg. China. Climate advisors say more coal needed for energy security. This is called the snake eating its own tail. Population still booming. Environment imploding. This is where we end up. The Bloomberg report states the importance of energy security has escalated amid Ukraine war. China plans to add to its world-leading fleet of coal power plants. They then say this has set off alarm bells for climate scientists who say that the fuel needs to be phased out by 2040 to avoid the worst effects of climate change. They then say electricity market reforms needed to go back to green goals. First, if we remain on the current course, 2040 is irrelevant. 2030 is irrelevant. 2025 may be irrelevant. The worst effects of climate change have already been activated. Climate collapse, in fact, is the scenario we face with climate engineering further fueling the fire and back to the so-called green goals. Smoke and mirrors. Please view Planet of the Humans to fully understand the false panacea of so-called green energy. New from CNN, degrowth, a dangerous idea or the answer to the world's biggest crisis? Question mark. The CNN report states conventional economic logic hinges on a core assumption. Bigger economies are better, and finding ways to maintain or boost growth is paramount to improving society. Let's stop there for a moment. How much intellect does it take to see through that, that you cannot perpetually expand and consume on a finite planet with finite resources? How simple can that be? The report goes on to say this. What if growth is at best doing little to fix the world's problems? No, it's not doing little to fix the world's problems. It is the problem. You can't continually grow and consume. Where has that led us? They then say, at worst, fostering the destruction of the planet, yes, and jeopardizing its future. Not just jeopardizing, ensuring there is no future. The report says that's the radical message from the, quote, degrowth movement, which has spent decades on the political fringes with its warning that limitless growth needs to end now. And that's called fringe? That's called a radical message? That's like saying it's radical to warn about jumping off a 100-story building because it could lead to a very bad ending or jumping in front of a speeding train. Also being a very bad idea if you want to live long. But yet, in regard to the wider horizon, we live in societies with so-called governments that pretend this paradigm is somehow sustainable, which couldn't be further from the truth, and it is unraveling now as we speak. On that note, continuing, same theme, recently published by Futurism.com, professors warn about, quote, horrifying self-destruction of human civilization. About this report, here's my question, why did it take these professors so long to sound the alarm? We've been sounding the same alarm at geoengineeringwatch.org for a decade and a half. When will more of academia stand up and tell the truth. About telling the truth, another side note about those that aren't willing to even face the truth, let alone to acknowledge it. Here's a message from a physician friend, a comment made 
on our thread. Spray trails from horizon to horizon today where he lives. He continues, I was involved with a series of meetings at a local Episcopal church designed to think of creative ways to help improve access to health care and food among the local underserved population. I gave them, i.e. the Episcopal church congregation, all information on your documentary, The Dimming. I never heard back from any of them. I wrote back to a number of them and asked if any of them had a chance to look at the documentary. I mentioned a few things about the documentary, again, The Dimming, at geoengineeringwatch.org, about climate engineering, and also the fact that the local meteorologist blocked my email address. One person replied to ask why they would block my email address. I mentioned the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration and National Weather Service employees being gagged from talking about this subject. I told the church member, that perhaps none of the local meteorologists want to go on record as having even acknowledged my email, much less having given any support to it. He just replied by saying, take care. Didn't want to know anything about this issue. The entire congregation, only one even asked a question about it. And that's the case across the board. I've been into every major spiritual organization in my region of Northern California, and there are many I've always been told exactly the same, no matter the denomination. We don't need to worry about it. It's all in big hands. And my response to them, show me, you show me in your scripture where it says it's okay for you to turn two blind eyes to this sort of assault against creation, a total annihilation of the web of life. And these so-called leaders of these congregations, hiding behind their pulpits, protecting their nonprofit status, and turning two blind eyes, not just to this horrible assault on creation, but to their own scripture. Environmental organizations across the board doing exactly the same. Thus, the ship continues to go down. Next, this week from the New York Times, Biden casts America as climate leader, promises low-carbon future. That report says President Biden appeared before an overflowing United Nations convention to reclaim America's role as leader on climate change and to stress a renewed U.S. commitment to stop the planet from catastrophic warming. First, Biden isn't in control of anything. He's a sock puppet in the White House, like all the former sock puppets going all the way back to President Kennedy, who was the last one to actually draw a line in the sand, and he didn't live long after that. And next, the only thing that the controllers of the so-called U.S. government are contributing to in regard to the climate is climate engineering. That's what the climate conferences are all about. The New York Times report then quotes Al Gore, who said this about Biden. He said, Joe Biden, in my book, is a genuine climate hero, In quote. Yes, Al Gore, the epitome of hypocrisy, owning stocks in the same carbon fuel companies he claims to be fighting. And Biden, who has opened up drilling permits in places where drilling had been restricted, smoke, mirrors, and deception. In regard to systemic deception, side note, let's cut to the core of the very foundation of modern so-called science degrees. In so many cases and in so many arenas, modern science degrees from power structure owned and controlled institutions are nothing more than licenses to lie, to push power structure propaganda for a paycheck and a pension. For such people to preserve their personal paradigm until the brutal bitter end, an end which they helped facilitate the acceleration of because of their participation in this kind of insanity. From Climate Action Australia, this headline from this week, COP27, fiddling as the world warms, warming is an understatement, the looming 
world economic recession, they say, is likely to be deeper than in 2008. They say the likely spiral into stagflation will make addressing the climate crisis even more difficult. First, yes, it's going to be far worse than 2008 because we don't face a recession. We face collapse. But keep this in mind. The longer the current paradigm is artificially propped up, the longer it continues, the less chance there will be to salvage any part of the planet's remaining life support systems. Moving on, more headlines that the election-covering mainstream media mass distraction institutions don't bring up. From Euronews.com, this recent headline, Europe has just had its warmest October on record. Next headline, authorities fear Europe's drought will stretch through winter. Commentary, because that's the scheduled weather. Again, the climate engineers control the spigot, how much it rains, where it will rain, and how toxic that rain will be. Another headline from this week from the Washington Post. As California's wells dry up, residents are relying on bottled water to survive. Commentary on that headline. But the worst drought in at least 1,200 years in the U.S. West will get washed away with winter? No, not so much. The climate engineers continue to cut off the rain from the West to further their engineered cool-down operations further east. Search geoengineeringwatch.org. Frying the West... To cool the east. Learn more. Next headline, multiple sources, quote, sharp cool down to bring winter-like chill to east coast. Same theme. That report states the coldest air this season is set to spread far and wide for early week, and AccuWeather meteorologists say it is likely to stick around for the coming week. After Hurricane Nicole brought inches of rain and warm tropical air to the majority of the East Coast, a potent cold front has begun to sweep through, bringing a stark reminder that winter is just weeks away, they say. The sudden weather change in these areas and locations further east will be driven by the placement of the jet stream. They continue. In recent weeks, a northward bulge in the jet allowed for warm air to spill through much of the country and the cold air to remain mostly in Canada. This time, a more potent cold front has swept through, allowing the jet stream and the polar air to sink southward. Part of Nicole's moisture was pushed into Canada, nucleated with chemical ice nucleating operations, seeded into clouds, and that surface cold is being pushed back into the U.S. now. Final statement from this report, up to this point, much of the East has experienced brief bursts of chilly air that have lasted two to maybe four days. That's engineered winter weather whiplash. When there's enough moisture, they chemically nucleate it, create a short surface cool down. It's lasting less and less long as the planet warms. From AccuWeather.com, this feet of snow to bury Buffalo as potentially historic lake effect event looms. This is the kind of sensationalized headlines that climate engineers try to create because it divides populations as to the true state of planetary meltdown. This report states a winter storm watch has been issued for parts of western New York ahead of a long-duration lake effect snow that could produce up to six feet of snow. Experts say the upcoming event could be one of historic proportions. Intense bands of snow are expected to set up around the Buffalo area, concentrating this flow of directed moisture in a particular location to create sensationalized-looking winter weather events that are broadcast around the world, especially now with COP27 going on. And this is simply part of what climate engineering is all about, to confuse and divide the population as to the true state of global meltdown by creating these short-term, highly toxic, engineered winter weather events. Many climate engineering chemical cool-downs are carried out 
in atmospheric moisture flows that are too warm to have naturally nucleated snow. Thus, what's now often labeled as heavy wet snow is created. With that in mind, more from the report. Meteorologists say that roofs on homes and buildings may again be compromised in the areas that receive the most intense snowfall. As a result of the added weight, power lines may also come tumbling down and cause communities to lose power. They then say Buffalo will not be the only place where residents will receive a shock from, quote, old man winter. That term is used so often on AccuWeather to blame nature on what is anything but natural. The flash surface cooldowns are not the result of, quote, old man winter. And keep in mind that even on a sunny day that is crisp and cold, a shallow surface layer of cold air can linger for even a few days after a chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding cooldown that's carried out in a passing weather system or cool surface air from an upstream climate intervention operation can also be a part of the equation, much like what was and is being carried out in the lower 48 states currently. Check the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn much, much more. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 380, November 19th, 2022. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations, including Denver, Portland, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, Washington State, Alabama, New York State, two stations in the far north of California, and now in North and South Carolina. Geoengineeringwatch.org wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email, directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience about reaching those that still aren't looking up. Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There are very high quality printed materials, which we pass on for our cost or less. And just added climate engineering conversation starters are new geoengineering watch shirts, scannable business cards, and bumper stickers. All effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. That's how you plant a seed of awareness. And doing so is the first and most important leap we can make toward getting the as-of-yet unaware to look up. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken not only our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, but private defense industry contractors that are neck deep in climate engineering operations, entities like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. We must wake them up. We must wake their families up. If our collective efforts 
can create a critical mass of awareness. We would cause a shockwave around the world. That is our only chance to stop these programs from the inside out so that those participating know that they are participating in their own near-term demise and stand down while we still have some part of the planet's life support systems left to save. If you want to share a picture of yourself with a geoengineering watch shirt, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, busy street downtown, etc., please send your photo to us so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to summon their courage, stand up, and make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Moving on, more fun facts about climate engineering. Actually, not so fun facts. This headline from earlier this week, Nicole churned seas off Florida coast produce masses of white, fluffy sea foam. Report states agitated seas off the coast of Florida produced huge concentrations of sea foam. No, not agitated seas. Surfactants, part of the climate engineering mix. Surfactants are used to reduce the coagulation of the nanoparticulates. It's listed on materials list for aluminum nanoparticles, for example, from American Elements, one of the corporations we believe that's supplying materials to this insanity. Surfactants are what make soap soap. Thus, we have extreme foaming events on oceans. We have rain that produces lots of foam as it's running off of streets into gutters. Those are surfactants. Not guessing, we have tested precipitation and found them. From sciencealert.com, tiny particles in the air may trigger sudden heart attacks, study suggests. This report's new from last week. It says tiny particles in the air can trigger cardiac arrests, making the need to cut air pollution levels around the world even more urgent. Maybe someone should tell David Keith about this because he doesn't seem to know. They continue, researchers looked for particles at least 25 times smaller than the width of a human hair, known as PM2.5 particles. That's 2.5 microns in diameter. Their small size means they can easily be inhaled, and they've been linked to a host of health problems, including autoimmune disease. The report then says, we have produced clear evidence of a short-term association of PM2.5 with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, which is a catastrophic event that often results in sudden death. OHCAs, that's out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, have a typical survival rate of 10%. That means 90% mortality. They then say new policy interventions, such as phasing out internal combustion engine vehicles, can help to reduce the dangers. They say that research has been published in the Lancet Public Health Journal, one of the most recognized journals in the world. As bad as all that sounds, reality is far worse. No official air testing agency even tests for, let alone discloses anything in the nanoparticle range. Precipitation testing carried out by scientists that work directly with geoengineeringwatch.org indicate that climate engineering operations are spraying as much as 60 to 70 million tons of nanoparticles into our skies annually, and not just any particles, aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, graphene, and more. All of these elements, highly toxic in and of themselves, when you combine them, toxicity increases exponentially. As I've stated many times, we have peer-reviewed study in the case of aluminum and mercury. We all have mercury in us now as well, from many sources. When you combine those two metals, toxicity increases as much as 10,000%, a hundred times worse. How long can the ubiquitous contamination of the planet continue before all is lost? It seems we'll soon find out. Continuing, 
Another headline this week, global food import bill soars to alarming level as poor countries on the brink of crisis. They're on the brink of crisis. They're in crisis, and they're hurling into collapse. This report states a shocking new report via the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, that's called the FAO, revealed the world food import bill jumped to nearly $2 trillion in 2022 amid soaring inflation due to severe factors, including the currency depreciation against the U.S. dollar the war in Ukraine, and La Nina-related climate change. Again, geoengineering has a direct part in the La Nina events. Climate engineering can and is altering upper-level wind currents. That, in turn, alters ocean currents, thus making it possible, if not probable, that the La Nina-El Nino scenarios are, in fact, being manipulated. From the report... Continuing on, Sri Lanka is a prime example of when a country ran out of reserves this year, defaulted on its overseas bonds, and couldn't afford to import essential items such as food and fuel, which sparked social unrest. Coming to a city or town near you, wait and see. And it's not just a matter of money or who has it or who doesn't. The only true commerce, the only true commodity is natural resources, what you can eat, shelter with, drink, And they are collapsing around the world. So it doesn't matter how much money you print. Collapse will continue. You can't have an economy. You can't have civilization without a functional environment. 75% of the world's GDP has historically been provided by nature for free. No more. It's over. Another headline, same theme, multiple sources. Quote, negative repercussions for global agriculture output and food security will likely extend into next year, they say. No, not into next year. Forever. The former paradigm is over. It's not coming back. Footnote, I fully understand how much criticism and blowback I will continue to get for telling it as it is. Without the just think positive, we'll all live happily ever after, technology will save us, spin. Picture yourself standing in the middle of the freeway at rush hour. Are you going to turn your back to traffic and think happy thoughts and hope for the best? Or would you face traffic and do your best? To dodge the oncoming diesel truck. You decide. And about food production, no water, no food. The climate engineers control the spigot. Remember that. On that note from CNN, wells are running dry in drought-weary southwestern U.S. as foreign-owned farms guzzle water to feed cattle overseas. None of this is going to continue much longer. It doesn't matter how much oil some of these Middle Eastern countries have. They are not going to be able to sustain themselves much longer with desalinization plants that are poisoning what's left of their seas, pushing up sand from under the ocean to build houses in harbors that will soon be washed away. All of it, total insanity. How can so few of the human race see how insane it all is? I truly don't understand. I try, but I don't understand because it's so patently obvious that this paradigm is done. Another headline, Dying Lands, Farmers Fight to Save the, quote, Skin of the Earth. From the United Nations and China to Kenya, human efforts to preserve soil are proving no match for increasingly extreme weather, which is damaging the living system and depleting its ability to produce food. From every conceivable connection, climate engineering is interwoven with all of this. Some countries are certainly being hammered harder than others. Australia is taking a beating. On that note, last week from news.com.au, 
A headline under the category of boiling the frogs slowly. Power outage to last, quote, much longer for thousands of South Australians. That report states thousands of South Australians will have to wait longer to have power restored to their homes after a mass outage saw the state cut off from the rest of the country's grid. The mass blackout began when the state was lashed with severe thunderstorms, heavy rain, and wild wind with more than 420,000 lightning strikes and winds of up to 106 kilometer per hour recorded across the state on Saturday. It's going to take much longer to restore power, they say, compared to the 2016 statewide blackout. On the lightning strikes, consider climate engineering is saturating the atmosphere with electrically conductive particulates that often, because they're desiccants, dry up precipitation. So we have less precipitation, more conductivity, thus we have more lightning, thus we have more dry lightning. Thus, in many regions, we have more wildfires. Another headline on Australia. Last week, the UK Guardian asks, why is so much of Australia flooding right now? Question mark. The report says those in affected areas can expect little reprieve with more heavy rainfall predicted. No, not predicted. Scheduled. If the geoengineers didn't want the flooding to occur, it wouldn't. Ask the countries of the Middle East that were targeted by the climate engineering onslaught immediately after 9-11. Every single one endured a worst in a thousand year drought after 9-11. Not an amazing coincidence of nature. Climate engineering and the leaders of those countries, as I've stated many times, Iran, for example, on the floor of the UN, stating NATO was cutting off their precipitation. They could certainly do the same in Australia if they wanted to. They don't. In fact, they're augmenting that precipitation. Think Project Popeye in Vietnam. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Historical fact. Weather modification in the 60s that deluged regions of Vietnam as part of weather warfare. More on the battering of Australia from the UK Daily Mail. This massive hailstorm batters the East Coast as Antarctic blast sweeps its way across Australia, bringing bitter winds, heavy showers, and snow. The report says a freezing Antarctic blast is sweeping its way up Australia's East Coast with millions shivering through bitterly cold wind showers and taking cover from sudden hailstorms. Sydney was peppered with massive hailstorms on Wednesday afternoon after the cold front brought snow to Tasmania and made its way north. Again, for shocking details on engineering winter science and scenarios, check the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Massive hail is a part of that scenario. When you see clouds with chemical ice nucleating elements, the nucleation process starts much sooner, builds much faster, and you end up with massive hailstones. What a surprise. In recent years, Australia was baked Droughted into oblivion, incinerated, and now the land down under is being drowned in biblical-scale flooding. Lots of atmospheric moisture, lots of chemical ice nucleation, cloud seeding operations. People down under are waking up to what's being done to them, and that wake-up can't happen soon enough. Moving on, let's transition to the top of the world. Alaska is the recipient of rain that was blocked from California and other parts of the U.S. West Coast by the ongoing ionosphere heater-induced so-called ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure. A high-pressure dome in the northern hemisphere spins clockwise, blocking the moisture from coming straight into the U.S. West, spins upper-level winds clockwise around that high-pressure dome, thus the moisture spins around that dome. It's nucleated, spins back down, again, clockwise rotation back down into parts of the U.S. further east, the moisture is chemically nucleated, helps to cool down the east. Again, search geoengineeringwatch.org, frying the west to cool the east. We have about a half a dozen articles in that category. With all that in mind, this headline from last week from numerous sources, Anchorage, Alaska, second wettest year on record. No surprise. What is all this doing to our forests? Again, 
the deluge of toxic rain in many cases, killing soil microbiome, killing roots, and thus killing trees. We have drought doing the same, no water, intense UV radiation from every conceivable direction, climate engineering is slaughtering our trees. So how many are we losing? We're losing around 10 million hectares of forest every single year. That's about 25 million acres. This can't continue. It won't. No trees, no people. Simple. Almost out of time. Final two headlines, very important, that I'll try to elaborate on more next week. From multiple sources, river longer than the Thames beneath Antarctic ice sheet could affect ice loss. There's no could, no may, no might. When you have a river system underneath Antarctic ice, it is melting that ice from the bottom. It's also melting from the top. When the buttress for those glaciers fall apart, i.e. the sea ice, and they begin to slide off the land into the sea, it's going to truly become interesting along coastlines. It's going to happen faster than anything the science community has yet disclosed. Same theme, this new report from NASA. NASA study, rising sea level could exceed estimates for U.S. coasts. Again, no could, no may, no might. It's coming. Climate intervention operations are making all of it worse overall, not better. Converging cataclysms are closing in from every direction. We're already neck deep in the sixth great mass extinction on planet Earth. Flora, fauna, and whole ecosystems are collapsing at exponential rates. The current combined extinction rate for plants, animals, and insects is in the range of 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. And even now, the vast majority still cling to the belief that the human race will somehow exempt itself from extinction. Reality check. Short of a complete course correction, the sixth mass extinction on our planet will include us. So what do we do? What can we do? Start with this properly prioritizing the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face. If you are a passenger on a rapidly sinking ship with no lifeboats, what should, what would your priority be? To plug the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat. Climate intervention operations are that metaphorical gaping hole in the bottom of the boat. No matter what concerns any of us have, no matter what causes we want to champion, if the ship goes down, all concerns and causes become moot. Game over. Some seem to believe that if they live near McDonald's or Costco or Walmart, that they have nothing to worry about. Environmental collapse concerns seem unwarranted for such individuals. This kind of mindset is like passengers on the dry end of a sinking ship trying to convince themselves that their half of the boat isn't actually sinking. Time to wake up. Exposing and halting climate intervention operations is imperative. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to get specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.